I'd like to welcome all those that are watching online right now. The ladies at the Pinellas County Jail, you're all part of our family and we're glad that you're tuning in. This is part two of a series called All In. How many would say you're all in at Countryside? Let's see. All right. I'd love to have a church that's all in. What we're doing is we're taking the first two letters of, of N, we're using that, and we're taking that and we're taking words from that to kind of minister to you in your identity and who you are in Christ and what really matters in the foundation of who you are. Last week we talked about the importance of understanding that you're all invited to the family of God. No matter what you've gone through, no matter where you've been, no matter how you dress. I had a guy last night, it's Saturday night, he said, Pastor, I'm glad that you said that I could come to church in shorts because I only have one pair of jeans. And the reason I have one pair of jeans is I had to go to court and you had to wear long pants in court. I'm like, well, you don't have to wear long pants at Countryside. He gave me a high five and he's been at our Saturday night service the last three weeks in a row. He knows that he matters. He knows that he's invited. This week we're gonna be talking about how important it is to understand that you're invaluable to God's work. Next week we're gonna be looking at being influential for God's glory. All of us have influence. What are you using your influence for? Is it bringing glory to God? And the, the last week we're gonna be talking about being invested in the kingdom of God. Today as we look at being valuable, it's probably one of the most important messages that I'll ever share with you as a congregation, but it's also one of the most difficult messages to receive because we're talking about your identity and how God sees you, not how the world sees you. For some of you may have been raised in a family where your parents didn't speak good things over you and spoke negative in your life, or maybe you were hurt, stabbed in the back by friends, and made to feel like you didn't matter, and made to feel like you were an outcast. That is absolutely not the truth. You've got to receive the message today. All of you are invaluable. You're priceless. You're indispensable. You're irreplaceable. There's only one of you that's in this earth right now. God created you with a plan, with a purpose, and placed you here right now with a purpose in mind. But you've gotta receive that purpose and to receive the plan that God has for you. Don't allow the enemy to hold you back in your past, to keep you depressed, discouraged because of things that may have happened to you before. So often people constantly, they live looking back. This is how they walk, looking back the whole time. Don't worry, I'm not gonna fall off, I'll stop. But God doesn't want us looking back. The word says to forget the former things and press towards the mark of the high call of God in your life. So don't be held by those things, those pains, those discouragement, those words, and to begin to receive the word that God has for you. You're irreplaceable, you're indispensable, and you're priceless. You know, Jesus told the story about a shepherd that had a 100 sheep, and he loved the 100 sheep so much, and then one of the sheep wandered off from the rest of the pasture, and he said he loved that one sheep so much because equally he looked at all 100 the same. If one was missing, that one mattered, and he left the 99 to go and find the one because that one mattered so much. Maybe you're here today and you feel like that one. You feel like you're insignificant. You feel like you're left out. Listen to me. God loves you so much and he's gonna run after you 
When people walk into this church, our desire is people to walk in and feel God's hands extended to them, knowing that they're loved, knowing that there's a place for them, and that they belong right here at Countryside. You matter. Now, this is a ring. A lot of people ask me, why do you wear that ring on your right hand? The reason I wear this, as a youth pastor, I gave out thousands of rings to teenagers for purity. We'd have a purity series at the end. We'd bring them all on stage. One time we had almost 400 teenagers come on the stage. They all got a ring. And I started wearing a ring. Why I wear that is so that I'm always reminded to pray for the people that went through that program. As the world comes to attack and deceive and try to pull them away, I remember always pray for them. Now, this ring I got for $9.99 on Amazon. It's not really valuable. If I had 100 of these rings, if I lost one, I wouldn't weep about it. I'd be like, no big deal. I got 99 more. But I have three children. And if I go to Disney World with three of my children, and then we all get in the car, and Elaine goes, hey, by the way, we're missing one. Oh, no big deal, at least we have two left. You know, <laughs> we would never think that way because all of our children matter to us equally. They're all valuable. There's no way we're gonna lose and leave that child. We're gonna run after the one that's lost, aren't we? I can remember one time when we were at Disney World. We were waiting in the line. The kids were probably four, six, and not born yet, so I had two. And we went to the haunted house at Disney World. You know, it's just goofy, little silly thing. Well, my son was kind of sketchy. He was like, I don't know about the haunted house, Dad. And we got up to the front, and I don't know if you've been there. When they shut the door, there's a weird person that comes out with this look. And they shut the door. No more bodies. And I'm like, hey, it's cool. We'll wait. And I look around. Andrew's gone. I'm like, Elaine, where did he go? He goes, when that lady came out, he took off. I mean, he was going underneath the thing around like, it took us about 15 minutes to find this boy. We finally found him. I said, like, what's up, dude? He goes, Dad, that's, I'm a very, very sensitive child. I can't take that. But there was no way we were gonna leave Disney without my freaked out child. They're valuable. You're valuable. Listen to this. I wanna speak these words over your life today and receive it individually. You are called, you're chosen, you're capable, you're invaluable. You see, so many people, they feel the exact opposite of those words because of their background, because of words that have been spoken. It could have been a teacher, it could have been a coworker, it could have been a boss, it could have been a parent, but they feel the exact opposite of that. So many people, they feel like they're not good enough, that they're not talented, they're not important that they don't really matter. Maybe they feel like their past is too bad, or they feel completely unworthy, or maybe they don't know enough. That's the biggest lie that many people believe in the church today. They believe the lie, if I weren't here, it really wouldn't matter. I want you to know every single one of you, God made, and he didn't make a mistake. He didn't look at you when you came out of your mother's womb and said, oops, kind of screwed up on that one. When you came out, he looked at you and he said, masterpiece, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, 
He had a plan for you. He designed you just the way you are, with your temperament, with your giftings. Receive what God says about you and not what the world says about you. You know, people, they say, you know, the culture's so hard. I don't know if I can function. I don't know why I'm here. I feel like I can't make a difference. I wish I was just born in the little house on the prairie days. It would have been so simple. I could have gone with Ma and Pa, brushed the back of the donkey or the horse's hair, and I'd be able to go pick up my eggs that just got spit out by the hens. And I could walk around with these ugly dresses that are just so ugly and plain and no makeup and the hair. It's just, and Paul always says the right things. How many watched The Little House on a Prairie? That was a big thing. That no Walton's. I was always challenged by those series. But I want you to know, the reason you weren't born in Little House on the Prairie days is because it wasn't your time yet. Your time is right now. God chose you right now. You are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. He looks at you and says, oh, I didn't want you in that generation. I wanted you in this generation. I've called you. I've got a plan for your life. Your gifts will make a difference right here, right now, but you have to allow God to use your gifts that he's given to you and not hold back and not walk inferiority, feeling like you don't matter. First Corinthians chapter 12, in your notes. This is a metaphor where the Apostle Paul is talking to the church of Corinth. And he's comparing the church to the human body. Verse 12, it says, the human body has many parts, but the parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. You see, when we're created, we're an individual. But when we all come together, our entire identity changes. We see that as they name animals. Animals are an individual name, but when they come together, they have a completely different identity. I wanna give you some examples of that. Bring up the first one. And this is what I want you to do. This is a participation time. So I'm gonna allow you to shout out answers when we get to that. So a lion, individually it's a lion, but when they're all grouped together, what are they called? Pride. Oh, you guys are so smart. They're a pride. The next one, a group of elephants. They're an elephant, but when they come together, what are they? Herd, also known as a parade. Google it. They're a parade or a herd. The next one, a camel. An individual one is a camel. Last night, somebody shouted out when I said, what's a group of camels? Some lady in the back said, a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Welcome to Countryside. We're glad that you're here. I'm glad you're comfortable. But, a group of camels is what? Caravan, yes. This little section right here, college, very good. Next one, a crow. Now a group of crows are called? How come you know murders more than you know caravans? That's right. And the last one is vultures. If you go to Oldsmar, there is a ton of these just hanging out, waiting for me to run over an animal. But what's a group of vultures called? A committee. That's why we don't have committees at Countryside. But listen to you. You are a Christian. You are a follower of Christ. You are a follower of Jesus. You are a disciple. That's what you are as an individual. 
But when we all come together, like today, we're all together, you know what we are? We're the church. We're the body of Christ. Think about that. He could have named us a committee. He could have said, yeah, come into a group of Christians, they're just a bunch of murderers. No. God says, you are actually my body. You're my hands. You're my feet. You're my eyes. You're my mouth. You're my ears. Together, we're his holy body, the body of Christ. You are his hands that serve others. It's us together. We're the feet to go help others and to serve others. You're the mouth. You're the mouth that shares Christ with anyone you come in contact with, that you have influence with, you share. You're the mouth. But you know what else you are? You're the heart. You're the heart of Christ that loves unconditionally, that forgives so easily, that loves so generously. That's what the body of Christ does. And each one of you are an absolutely invaluable part of the body of Christ. And every part matters. So one part isn't greater than the others. Every part of the body of Christ, no matter how insignificant it may seem to you, is equally as valuable than the other parts. This church isn't about Pastor Glenn Davis. I'm just the guy with a big mouth and a lot of stories. But I'm equally in part with the toe, the person that may be helping out in the back. None of our gifts are different. They're, they are different, but they're also the same in Jesus' eyes. So let's look at verse 14. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not the hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not the eye, would that make me any less of a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, picture that. If I was just a big eye up here, you think I was part of Monsters, Inc., but no. God's not made just an eye. If I was just an eye, how would you hear? Or how would the whole body, if I were the ear, how would you smell anything? Every part of the body matters. In this verse, you see Paul, he's contrasting the ear and the eye. And you know the ear has every reason to be jealous of the eye because the eye gets so much press. No one ever says, you have such beautiful ears. <laughs> no one in love that's staring aimlessly, they're not longing and looking into each other's ears. They're looking into each other's eyes. Nobody ever has an ear-to-ear -ear conversation. There's never been a movie that says, for your ears only. <laughs> Beauty is in the ear of the beholder. And please, don't look at my ears. They're, they're big. It's, a, it's an inherited thing, but I have a big head, too, so it's okay. But no one's ever said, you have bedroom ears. <laughs> or, I've got stars in my ears. You're the apple of my ear. The ear would feel like, man, I am left out of everything. But there's people in the body that feels like they're left out. But it's what makes the body of Christ strong when every body card begins to function, begins to work, begins to serve. When we all come together, there's nothing going to stop this movement called the Church of Jesus Christ. Verse 22, it says, in fact, 
Some parts of the bodies that seem weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You know, you look at your hand. You know, there's different parts of our hand that seem so important. The thumb, people look at the thumb, they say, man, I could never go without my thumb. That's where I give the thumbs up. You know, when you send a text, you give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Back in the day, when you'd see people out on the street looking for a ride, they weren't out there like this. I know millennials, that's hitchhikers. It's because the murders of crows have caused us not to hitchhike anymore. But the thumb's so important. But the, the pointer finger, you know, when I go to Walmart, I ask, you know, where's the crock pot? Usually the guy will say, hey, it's, you go over here, there. Somehow when I go to Macy's, they actually walk me over to the crock pot, which is a nice thing. And then you have the middle finger. Some of you are way too familiar with that finger, and I pray for you today. But the ring finger is so important. Man, I walk around. I represent my woman. I'll go to people, I'll just like come, kind of just put my ring finger out there. Hey, no big deal. But what about the pinky? The one that goes wee, wee, wee all the way home. So insignificant. But do you realize that the pinky, half of that strength in the entire hand is located in the pinky? Seems so insignificant, but yet so, so important. The uvula in the back of our throat. I don't know if you ever look at that, but go home and look at it. It's just weird. It's just like sitting there flapping. Sometimes you might think, what's the deal with that thing? Well, let me tell you, what that thing does in a lifetime, the average lifetime, the uvula, it creates more than two swimming pools full of saliva. You ever had a dry mouth? Thank God for the uvula. Have you ever been in front of the congregation preaching and get a dry mouth? I have. That's why I have that water every week right there. Thank God the uvula is working today. I'm spitting out everywhere. I mean, I, I got spit everywhere today. Thank you, uvula. <laughs> you know, this is something I found out this week, how important the armpit hair is. This is a little different. First service, somebody said, that was, that was really good to hear about the armpit hair today, Pastor. Do you realize that the armpit hair, it diffuses your smell and makes you more attractive to your mate? I just saw a couple of guys go, you know. Sometimes what you do that's not as, that is not visible is just as important, if not more important, than what is visible. You may be a prayer warrior, and you say, I pray. I'm not able to do other things. I'm on a walker. I'm not able to serve and clean. And do, but man, I say a prayer. Thank you. First service, before service, there was somebody in here 45 minutes before the service, sitting right back over in that area, and she was just lighting it up in prayer. Prayer matters. Maybe you're the one making coffee in our cafe, and you think, I'm just in the back. Nobody sees it. Let me tell you, who sees it is seeing hundreds of people every single week that are connecting, that are becoming friends, that are being welcomed into the body of Christ because of a stinking cup of coffee. Sorry, if you serve coffee, I didn't mean to say stinking. It's a good cup. It's a good cup of coffee. Maybe you're a greeter, and when people walk in, you just give a smile and a handshake. Do you know how many people, they're just looking to see a smile, to feel like they, they matter, 
to see your face light up when you see them. That's why I love to greet, man, to look at everyone and say, you matter. I'm so glad that you're here. It's so important. Let me tell you a story about when I was five years old, there was a Sunday school teacher that was my Sunday school teacher at Everybody's Tabernacle. She was there every week. I went to Sunday school. I learned the books in the Bible. I learned about all the foundational tools of Scripture. And then one time at a VBS, when I was five years old, there were like three, four other kids around me. And this teacher, this teacher that was never recognized by the pastor, nobody really knew what she did, seemed so insignificant that she didn't really matter that much. That teacher in the back room with four kids, she gave an altar call and she presented Christ. At five years old, I understood that altar call. And because of someone that may have seemed so insignificant, but using her gifts in the body of Christ, my life would never be the same because I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Right now, there are dozens of people all over this facility using their gifts with our young people, with our teenagers, with our babies. It's the foundation of who they are. There is nothing like using the God-given gifts that he's given you to serve in the body of Christ. That's when you connect. People, they say, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. You know what I say to every single one of them? Serve. There's such joy. It, it fills your passion. You see a fulfillment that comes when you share and you begin to use whatever that gift may be. Remember, you're called. You're chosen. You're capable. You're invaluable to God's work. You know, how many remember when I had my thumb surgery here recently, a couple months ago? Well, when I went in to have that, I thought, no big deal. I'm just getting this little area. It's one inch of my thumb. So I went in and the doctor said, we're gonna give you a nerve block. And so they, they gave me a nerve block right here on the side of my arm. I thought, okay, no big deal, I have a nerve block. Well, I went out, I had the wrapped up, had my sling on. Well, later in the afternoon, I woke up from a nap from the anesthesia and I took my arm down. My arm was dead, it was paralyzed. So I'm literally walking around the house like this. I'm going to the grocery store. I go to open the door to my car. And I didn't realize how important my arm was until I no longer had use of my right arm. But then I thought, it's no big deal. That next day, I'm healing now. And then the nerve block went off. This little section here, this, this little section. Oh, it hurt. It hurt so bad. It caused me to feel bad in every area. My body, I'm holding it close like this. I'm bending over as I'm walking. My back starts hurting. I start overcompensating in other areas. I can't write. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm right-handed. So I have to open the door with my left hand. With the right hand, it's like, hmm. Left hand, I'm like. And that's what happens in the body of Christ. When there's people that are sitting on the sideline, what it causes, it causes all the other parts of the body to have to work so much harder. And it becomes so much more difficult. But when everyone comes together in their gifts, that's what makes the body of Christ strong. But what about your past? Your past does not disqualify you. Your past prepares you. 
I've shared it often. I grew up as such an introverted kid, so shy. I didn't make friends easily. When I went to high school, I went to the speech class, and the speech teacher said, one thing I want you to promise me, never speak in public ever. I'm gonna give you a D just so I don't have to hear you again. But you know what that did? It didn't destroy me. It prepared me. It showed me that if God is for me, who can be against me? I may have been an introvert, well guess what? God's been using me in an extrovert position. God's allowing what my weakness is to be my greatest strength, to be able to empower, to be able to inspire, to draw people to the kingdom of God. That's not me. That's God. God in you is the hope of glory. Wrap your arms around your gifts, your passion, and who God's called you to be. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? Well, Pastor Glenn, I, I had a failed marriage. I could never lead a group. Are you kidding? You're the best one to lead the group because you're gonna lead other people that are going through that right now that are in such pain and such despair, they don't know what to do, and you're gonna have the answer of what you went through. I don't know enough, I don't know enough scripture, I don't know enough doctrine. Really? If you know the grace and the love of Jesus Christ, and you know how to represent him well to others, and you love people well with the glory and the love of God, that's what God says is the most important things, to love him and to love people. If you love God and you love people, God's gonna raise you up and he's gonna use that gift to impact other people around you. Maybe you, you've been addicted to drugs or you've been an alcoholic. There's no way, there's no way God can use me. Yes, he can. You know, I look at Henry Moses over at Helping Hands. Here's a man that was an addict, that was struggling with alcoholism, and now what does he get to do? He was actually homeless for a season of his life. What is he doing? He's using what he went through for the glory of God. Here's a homeless man that was homeless and addicted. Now he's dealing and bringing healing and food and help and hope in Jesus for people that are going through right what he went through now, and he's able to lead them to the Lord. Amen. That's what God does. He takes our mess and he makes it our message, and it changes lives. You know, when I sit around the family dinner in the holidays, if someone's missing, it's not the same. I look around, I know exactly where all of you guys sit. I look at you each week. And when that seat's empty, I know a couple of people here I'm gonna be calling this week because they're usually right over here. There's another one that's right here usually. I'm gonna get to know the people around you. When they're not here, reach out to them. Get to know them. You can create a little group just in the section that you're, you're at. But I want you to know that your presence matters in this body. Your presence matters to God. When we come together, worship together. It's powerful, it's life-changing, and it's so sweet to the ears of our God when we come together as a church and we worship with power and with strength. Your worship matters. Your story matters. Your voice matters. Your words, they matter. Your gifts, as insignificant as they may seem to you, are just what the doctor ordered here at Countryside. Your gifts, your abilities, what God's given you. Your generosity matters. Your encouragement, it matters to encourage people. Last night, at, after Saturday evening service, I went home. Pastor Tim knows this, my wife knows this. I was like, oh man, that stunk. 
Man, I was bad. Man, I, I was so discouraged. I just sat like a little baby. <laughs> like, we're watching restaurant makeover or something, and she's like, aren't you enjoying this? You usually enjoy this. Yeah, I just, man. And then 45 minutes later, I got a notification. This is how good God is. And the notification was a Google review. When it said Google review, I thought, oh, Lord, no. I already feel bad enough. But when I opened up the Google review, it was a five-star review. It said, I just came from Saturday night service, gave the date, said I got to meet Pastor Glenn and Pastor Tim, and Pastor Glenn gave such a great message on the body of Christ. It was so teachable, or whatever it said, so deep. I think I just added the deep part, but it was good. It was a good Google review. Right on time. Your words matter. Your encouragement matters. Last week, I had three people. They sent me emails. Let me tell you, as a senior pastor of a church like this, I am wide open to the enemy. You know, he's gonna fire these darts at all of us, but he loves to shoot them at me. I guess I'm a big target. And it's, it's an illegal weapon he's using because it's not like one shot. It's like a machine gun at darts. <laughs> and that's why I need your prayers. But you know, last week I had three people that wrote me emails that just said, Pastor Glenn, I'm so glad that you're my pastor. You really make a difference in my life. And you know what it did? It made me hold on to those words of encouragement. It made me feel like, man, what I'm doing is making a difference. But so are you. There's people around you that you can encourage that only you will encourage. The next door neighbor is just waiting, that feels alone, that feels alone there, hurting, just waiting on you to bring that lemon bunt cake over with those little, those little seed things that get in your teeth, whatever those, I love those things. I guess I'm hungry, it's 12.27, I'll be done in five minutes, don't worry. You know, when you give an offering, it matters. When you pray, it matters. It moves the hand of God. When you invite somebody to church, it matters. The people that you invite, they may not come. It may take 100 invitations, but when they come, it's your invitation that's gonna change their life forever for the glory of God. When you greet, when you listen, when you open your home, when you make someone a meal, what you're doing is you're showing the love of Jesus, representing the body of Christ in the church. It's making a difference. The Bible says, what you have done to the least of these, you are doing for Jesus. Remember, you are making a difference. If we all do our part, if we all do our part, think about what's possible. Last year, we gave two million pounds of food to the hurting and the needing and helping hands. Two million pounds. Over the last three or four weeks, we raised $75,000 to build a church, school, classrooms in Nicaragua. That community is never going to be the same again because we came together and we said, how can we not be a part of something great like that? You know, I was hoping to see 200 kids sponsored. We saw over 400 kids sponsored. Those 400 kids' lives are never going to be the same again. They're not going to lack food. They're not going to lack education. They're not going to lack medical care. Why? Because the body of Christ came together for a cause. We're movements. There's nothing gonna hold us back, church, when you find your place, when you find the place that God's called you to be. Serve, be faithful, allow God to use you. And this community is never gonna be the same again. Think about it. What if we were able to mentor high-risk teenagers? 
They're thrown away by parents, thrown away by the world, and just said they're, they're never going to make anything. What if we had a group of people, that's all they did was mentor young people, help them with their grades, help them with their reading and their math. What if? Last week we had 200 kids in high school and middle school right next door. They're, they're wanting it. Something that works for every generation is love, relationship, and that they matter. It's not the fancy stuff that matters. They need to know that they belong. And we're the ones to do that. We've got to have water for the needy. Someone just called me just about four weeks ago and said, I'm going to put a water plant on that church in Nicaragua. They're not going to get sick again because they're going to have clean water. We're doing that. Someone has the gift of giving. They're doing that. We're called to help those that are hurting. What if we had a group of people that says, I want to help widows. I want to help the elderly. Their yards are mowed. Their roof that's falling apart, put back together. That's not my thing. I have pastoral hands and they get blisters really easy. But there's people in here, that's their gifts. What if the body of Christ comes together and says, there's no widow, there's no senior that we're not going to take care of and we're not going to lift up and we're not going to be for them. What if every foster child in this area, kids that are hurting, that are alone, we have a group of people that says, I want to take that on. I want to have a group of people that are going to mentor and help raise up foster families to show a loving, godly family for these homes. What if every pregnant girl that walks through these doors are going to feel loved and accepted and know that God's got a plan for that baby? What if we do more for the pregnancy center and we save more babies that walk in there ready to have abortions, but they say no because they matter and they're valuable, that God's given them a gift? What if? What if every lost person in this community hears the name and the power of Jesus Christ? What if this church becomes an evangelistic church like it's never been before, and together, all of us making a difference to further the name and the cause of Jesus? God uses all of us. He uses our feet to deliver good news, our hands to offer help to those that are hurting, our words to bring hope to a lost and a dying world, all of us functioning and what God's called us to function in, there's nothing, nothing gonna hold us back. How can we do this? By us coming together for a cause, and that cause is Jesus Christ. All of us looking inside of our heart and saying, what did God put inside of me to make a difference in the body of Christ? You're not just a, a Christian, you're not just an American, you are the body of Christ. You have something that God's put in your heart? Let us know. We'll probably put you in charge of it. What we do, we're doing the very best that we can. We're doing a lot as a church, but we're just getting started. Because when you begin to mobilize people like you, the greatest church in the world, that's what I feel. You're the greatest people in the world called to be here for such a time as this, right here, right now. When we begin to rise up, we begin to wake up the sleeping church. That's the giant that God is just saying, wake up and do what I've called you to do. When we come together, woo! There is nothing going to hold us back in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen? Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, I thank you for this church, this people. This is the body of Christ. Bless them, strengthen them, encourage them. I thank you, Lord, that you're birthing inside of each person a desire to use their gift for the body of Christ. Our hope is in you. Father, our future is in you. So, Lord, we cast our cares on you, and we say, God, don't let us be held back any longer by our past, but we are thrusted and pressing forward towards the mark of the high call of God on each of our lives. We want to please you. 
We're not in this world to please people. We're in this world to please you. So ignite a fire in this people, in this church, like we've never had before, that we can't contain it. Father, use us. Use us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, before we dismiss, and we're going to dismiss right now. But maybe you're here and you say, man, that's, I want to be part of that body of Christ. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to be in relationship with God Almighty Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the free gift of salvation that's offered here today. It's a free gift. But it's a gift that has to be received, accepted, and yours. Maybe you just came to a church service and said, okay. But you could leave this church service with your life radically changed as a Christian, part of the body of Christ, functioning in those gifts. If you're here today and say, Pastor Glenn, will you pray for me? That's what I want. I want salvation. I want to know the freedom that God has for me. I want my life to be functioning in this body. If that's you, when I count to three, will you just raise your hand? When I see it, you can put it down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But today is a new day. Today is the day of salvation for you. One, two, three. Will you raise your hand if that's you? Thank you. God bless you. Yes, 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 yes. I see your hand and yours and yours. I see your hand over here. God bless you. Coming over to this side in the middle. Will you raise your hand up high? Let me just see it real quick. Thank you. God bless you. I see your hand and yours. Thank you so much. I see your hand up top and yours over in this side. Yes, yes. Church, can we give the Lord a great praise offering? Because that's what it's all about. That's why we're here. Can we all pray together for the sake of those that raised their hand today? Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might know life. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart today. I want to become part of the body of Christ. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. I love you so much. You're awesome. Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing? And as the altar prayer team comes to the front, remember they're here for you if you need prayer for any reason after we dismiss. And I want to remind you, if you raised your hand, please don't leave before speaking to one of these prayer team members because we have a gift for you. So to receive your blessing, would you lift your hands, lift your hearts? May the Lord bless you to know how valuable you are, how important you are, how needed you are. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone.